the program known as the Internet Covert Operations Program, or ICOP. 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 Idiots. <laughs> if you're going to make a secret intelligence thing, at least come up with a better acronym. It's, it's all right. The name for their actual in their their actual uh, police service is the United States Postal Inspection Service. Literally, I U.S. Piss. piss. <laughs> U.S. Piss. U.S. Piss. Us piss. Us piss. Us piss. Us piss. I cop. Us piss. Oh. I cop. Ah. <laughs> I understand. We are brothers. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Get some help. Stop living a lie. Hello and welcome. It's terrible. Welcome <laughs> to the Naked Apple. Uh, I'd like to start off. Well, we should start with our vitamin B. We should do that like we usually do because we do. <coughs> it's all right. <laughs> we only have to worry about coming up with this crap until we get removed from every platform for making fun of Winnie the Ping. <laughs> and now, onwards and downwards. <laughs> How well do you think a Winnie the Ping shirt would sell? <laughs> Probably pretty well, <laughs> I would think. Just take it out front of every NBA <laughs> basketball we, game. And we need a it. Winnie the Ping shirt, and we need a censored shirt. Set up a booth outside the Jazz so every time one of our, play a game. One of our only Facebook comments is, yes, on the censored shirt. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Thank you. And I love you, Red. I love, I love you, Red. That's my buddy. <laughs> he, he's my good friend. <laughs> uh, welcome to your vitamin B. Uh, today we've got some great news. Uh, Doesn't sound like it. Starting off, uh, Kamala Harris's husband, uh, Doug uh, Emhoff, has decided to change his name Dog. not once but twice. Dog he first changed it to Douglas, and now he's changed it to Jack. So, makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Is that because Dog the Bounty Hunter was taken? Yeah, possibly. Mm. And also, possibly, because Jack Hemhoff is just such a better name. Yeah, and Beta. And fits so much more. And Beta already is taken <coughs> by Mr. Oh, no, wait, that's Beto O'Rourke. Yes, yes, Beta O'Rourke. Beto, Beta. Beta O'Rourke, you're right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, uh, we have some disturbing... Um, some disturbing news here. Oh, this we is must to be uplifting. We must stop eating beef to fight climate change, says scientist who looks suspiciously like Chick Fil A cow in a lab coat. Mm. I mm. don't did know he, what they were doing in that lab, but it got out of hand. Did he misspell things? Hey, 
well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to read. It's all very big, blocky letters with paint dripping down. It's strange. He really wanted to get the You would think across. that he would learn how to use a shaker can if he was going to graffiti like that, but <laughs> he's old school. Yes, apparently. Old school. Uh, in other news, new law will require cops to call LeBron for permission before making an arrest. That makes sense. It does. Really. It makes perfect sense. And it goes hand in hand with uh, the Portland mayor's new announcement. He announced today that plans to crack down on Antifa before it gets out of hand. Good. Good. It is a... He must be using Internet Explorer. He must be. (laughs) (laughs) Going to raid Area 51, guys. (laughs) And uh, in other news having to do with mayors that everyone hates, Gavin Newsom fights back against Caitlyn Jenner's run for mayor by announcing he too is now transgender. Oh, 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 oh. fight fire with fire. Fight fire with fire, indeed. When Uh, you don't have policies to win them over, just change your gender. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In other news, the Oscars were this week, and uh, we have a couple of things to do with that. The first one, L.A. homeless man feeling unsafe as limos full of drug addicts and perverts show up in his neighborhood. And pedophiles. And pedophiles, indeed. (laughs) Uh, And also on that note, he was then later removed from the premises as the Oscars were delayed to clear out the massive tent city on the red carpet. Yes, yes, good, good. Yes. Want to make Uh, it look clean for all the uh, celebrities going through. For all of you with children, there's a new hot item on the market. Ooh. Play School has released my first knife fight playset, and it is selling like hotcakes. It's about It is about time. Slicing through the competition. It is about time. Records are shooting up. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Uh, And last but not (laughs) least, uh, Dems demand statehood for Epstein's private island. Because of course. Because of course. Why not? Naturally. It would net them two more Senate seats and at least six more House reps. (laughs) (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) Uh, In other news, they also propose a form of the three-fifths clause that is unclear and they won't let us read it until it is passed. And that has been your vitamin B. <laughs> we need to ratify this amendment. What is it? We got to ratify it. We got to ratify it. Then I'll tell you what it is. Tell you what it is. I'm going to pull that, and their amendment's just going to kick every single one of them out of office. If you've been uh, serving for more than two terms, you're out. <laughs> Should I feel bad about the fact that about 25% of what I just said, I made up on the spot? <laughs> or should you feel good? Nobody noticed. They thought it was more Babylon B. That, that whole three-fifths clause, that was all me. <laughs> but it would be something that they do. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, especially tied to that particular article it was talking about. That's really bad. Speaking of a couple you, of you those... Got, you got dark. <laughs> Speaking of a couple of those things, the D.C. statehood is sitting somewhere on the Senate <coughs> pile and most likely will fail from insiders talking. Oh, good. Because uh, it should. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's unconstitutional and it violates the contract with Maryland that the federal government has with Maryland. It's all right, because pretty soon they won't even be able to pass stuff like that through the House. Well, they need represent. They they don't have representation. Make them part of Maryland. No, it's, they need representation. That's so. Make that, it part of Maryland. So put them in Maryland. They'll have representation. <laughs> no, we need to make it. A, we need to make it its own state. Okay, Texas legally can become four more states. So let's split Texas into five states. No, you can't do that. That's just political thing. And you, what you're doing isn't right. <laughs> well, you know. It's all right, because... Ours is legal. The, yours is not. <laughs> Did you hear the new news on the census? Yes. <laughs> yes. I actually meant to pull that up in our stuff. I forgot about that. Oh, yes. We should pull that up in our stuff. Yeah, in our stuff. Um, if you want to continue on to the first thing, I can go look for that. All right. So, we want to lead with mistakes, You know, as you know. It's not our mistake that we're leading with, though. It's YouTube's mistake because well, they issued no apology to us and reinstated the video that they banned last week. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, it's it's uh, huh. not blocked anymore. It's still there. Huh. Uh, but no apology was sent, no explanation. Did they remove the warning they gave us? I don't know. Probably not. How do we know? How can we tell? I'm sure there's somewhere on our creator page that does that, and... I don't care to really look for it because I don't really care about YouTube and what they think because they've been wrong every time they've slapped at us. So. I <laughs> 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 uh, just want to lead with that mistake. That's a good thing to lead with. <laughs> <laughs> Apologize for nothing if you were always right. <laughs> uh, now, don't get too cocky there. <laughs> Apologize for nothing if you were right. There you go. Yeah. Better. Always. <laughs> 60% of the time, every time. Related, uh, trust in institutions and the political process uh, is all below 50%. And Shocking. And in that, and this is a study of American young Americans between 18 and 29 years old. So it's the... Demographic, everyone's always trying to get. Gotta get those young Americans active in the process to vote and la 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 la. Um, for example, in the last 12 months, trust in the president decreased from 39% to 32%. Huh. Wow. Huh. But this so, is a different president, too. So. so Joe Biden's trusted less than the president that was here a year ago. Well, I mean. At least the president that was here a year ago could make a coherent sentence in the middle of a uh, press conference. That helps. Instead of talking about Nazi fags and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, flags. I am quoting. That is a quote, <laughs> that, that's by the exactly way. exactly what he that said. That is a direct <laughs> quote. And we should probably link the video just to make sure we don't get flagged for that. Right. That's on you. You brought it up. You find it. <laughs> Let's see, let's see, let's see. Where's... One thing I hate about... Ah, there we go, there we go. Uh, so social media, for example, uh, 
the percentage of 18, 29 year olds who have a Facebook, Google, all that stuff that basically all the social media grew in uh, users over the last while. But, but, where is the, where did you put this? Reload. Reload. Okay. Well, apparently we can't keep searching through this. This is dumb. <laughs> I can hear it on your speaker. <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh, in this study, uh, social Found media it. outlets like uh, Facebook and Twitter are trusted or are mostly trusted or somewhat trusted 19% of the time. 19% of respondents fully trust or somewhat trust social media. And then uh, something like 89% say, no, we don't trust them. It's almost as if them putting their little, this has, this talks about COVID, you click here to learn more, isn't helping them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know how it goes. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is the Harvard uh, Kennedy School Institute of Politics did this survey. And if it was working for us, I could more accurately go through the rest of it. But everything is down, including trust in the military, trust in the FBI, trust in the president. All these things down, 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 just like viewership of the Oscars. Down, down. Down, down, in an early round. Oh. Sugar, they're going, going down, down swinging. <laughs> 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 Be a number one with the bullet. Loaded did, God complex, cock it and pull it. Did I give you enough time to find the thing? Yes. Did you send the thing? I did you, send did the you, thing. You, you did. Ah Refresh. <laughs> Refresh. I even ah. clipped it at the exact moment. Oh. When he talks about it. You got that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Both things. Nazi fags, flags, Jews in the... Yeah, see, he just gets worse <laughs> as he goes on. Jews in the... As, you know, the thing. Nazi <clears throat> sympathizers carrying Nazi fags, flags, juicy juicy I need to go away. My medication is he's wearing. He knows he's screwed ice. up. <laughs> is it dinner? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, census was last year. If you didn't fill out your census, shame on you. Yes. New York found out the hard way by 89 non-respondents that they lost a seat. Mm-hmm. 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 Along with mm-hmm. uh, California, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Huh. There's Every one of them lost a seat. There's, and there's a little bit of a trend I'm noticing here. Yes, the, uh, the states that... Gained one or more seats are Colorado, Florida, Montana. Montana gained a seat. There's someone who lives in Montana. Oh, they finally surpassed the deer population. <laughs> North Carolina, Oregon, and Texas. Which gained two. Ouch. Two seats. Two seats in Texas. So th- this is just funny to me because I see California like, huh. Wonder why people left California. Illinois, I wonder why people left Chicago. Michigan, why are people leaving Michigan? New York, why are people leaving New York? 
I can understand why people leave Ohio. <laughs> and there were people in Ohio to leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they actually, actually, they they had sixteen reps before, so they're down to fifteen. So they're actually quite a large. That's a population hit. there. That's a hit. That's a hit. Uh, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Why do people leave Pennsylvania? Hmm. I wonder. Doesn't have anything to do with I don't know riots and. And why is that, Mr. Reed? Because it's devastating to my case. Overruled. Good call. The reason why I know it has nothing to do with that is because Texas only gained two. (laughs) But Montana also gained one. Florida only gained one, and Montana gained one. That's how I know it's not political, is because those three (laughs) conservative bastions of hope gained wait huh oregon i'm almost certain is people left california for less progressive oregon <laughs> this is too progressive i'm going somewhere less progressive where they're voting but on, not really conservative where they're debating on whether or not to have masks permanently in place the ability to speak does not make you intelligent thank you fauci <laughs> I think the situation calls for more cowbell. It does. There it is. There it is. Speaking of more cowbell, our favorite uh, Canadian pastor. Oh yes, is at it again. At a man. The uh, Gestapo showed back up during church services. Of course they again. Why wouldn't they? Well, friends, we have a SWAT team in our church again, coming, authorities. So I'm going to go out and see what they want. Give them hell, Pastor. <laughs> That's a very high-quality video there. Yes. On his Hello, Walter. He was ready this time. I wonder if I could just give you a couple of pieces of the court order. This is for you. Um, it basically outlines the fact we have the, uh, the, the right to enter today. Court um, order. What I would really um, please, you know, have to get into my personal space. Thank you. Well, don't well, get into my personal, personal space. space. Don't get Excuse into my personal me, space. Excuse me, officer Gestapo. I'm not really in what you have to say. I'm not really interested in what you have to say. Okay, okay. You can have all the court orders you want. This is uh, you have a wrong. This is not street church. Um, this is not street church. You have a wrong. Both, both, both. Um, both things are actually on there. Both, both. Church, both churches are detailed on there. So if we could come in and do the cave of Adulam is not uh, is not a registered organization, and this is not street church. So you have a wrong. <laughs> you gotta do your homework first before you come. Okay? You have a wrong. You have a wrong organization. Okay, that is for you, Arta. Uh, yeah. I will send it to you by email too, if you'd like. I just wanted to be able to come today and then at least explain the order, serve the order. And then we can stand at the back. No, you can contact. Can no, 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 no. <laughs> you can contact my lawyer. Okay, my lawyer takes care of this. I'm not interested to listen to any word. She's used to people just bending over to her will. Yeah, you can kind of tell. Talk yeah. To the Nazis. You came in your uniforms like thugs. That's what you are. <laughs> Brown shirts of Adolf Hitler. You are Nazi Gestapo, communist, fascist. I do not. So to be to be clear on where I stand. I support police officers that are actually 
doing good for the public. I do not support police officers who harass and back up unelected public officials. That's what I don't support, police. I will support you if you will support freedom. Great with Nazis. Talk to my lawyer. You're not allowed here. You're not welcomed here. And I'm not going this to guy must know everything Gestapo about the laws and orders like you, okay? for them to so not just arrest him right on the spot. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Talk to my lawyer. You see, you see, this is what the Gestapo is doing. You coming to co you coming to the place of worship. <laughs> <laughs> to intimidate and to harass so you can make an appointment lady listen to me you can make an appointment another day you get stuffed another day not this day not no need to shout day not during the church not during the church he's told you make your order is wrong he's told you to leave he's told okay. you to talk to his lawyer so get out see you later on have a good day you are yeah. cop trying to be all nice. You See you later. Have a good day. Yeah, whatever. And rightfully so, you change your uniforms to black because you're exactly acting like the Gestapo. <laughs> Sickening. I'm like, like reading along the transcript here with it. Coming to the place of worship you, with their uniform, you, with their guns again. Again, <laughs> during the time of worship, I'm just they thoroughly could do impressed it by the quality time. of the video. He was ready this time. Day. He saw them. No, the last time was, I think, a little more out of the blue. This time, he knew they were coming. Look at them. They got their vans, paddy wagons. Unbelievable! Wicked, evil people. Wicked, evil people. Unbelievable! Wear a mask. Did you hear her? <laughs> Wear a mask. Excuse me, ma'am. Come back over here. I'll tell you where you can put that. Excuse me, ma'am. You came up to me. <laughs> yeah. If ever yeah. I find myself in Canada for some godforsaken reason, I'm going to his church. Oh, yes. Definitely. Because <laughs> he's I love probably the comments, like the conversation underneath at the Daily Wire, too. Like, I'm not religious in any form whatsoever. This pastor makes me want to drive to Calgary and spend a week in his church. What a beauty of a human being. Well, as as you will hear later to, to in our episode, I've got history thing, and a lot of it has to do with pastors. Well, a good chunk of it has to do with pastors. Because uh, they were kind of, in, they used to be pretty influential in politics. Used to could. Used to could, because they actually used to have a spine, like this guy. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. Speaking of overreach, <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court is taking up a case. Oh, I thought you said overreach, not reach around. Overreach around? Overreach around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too funny for my own good. Or clever. Too clever. Um, yeah, so uh, they're taking up a... It's actually a pretty big Second Amendment case in the next time they meet together this year related to concealed carry. There's a 
case from New York. I believe, yes, New York. Uh, concerning New York law that restricts a person from carrying a concealed handgun in public for self-defense, marking roughly a decade since justices have ruled on a significant case about gun rights. What's fascinating to me is places like New York have these restrictions. You can still carry in public legally in New York if you have thousands of dollars to pay the state to get that license. So they've made it so poor people can't legally defend themselves, but you, rich people legally You have can. the right to do this if you have the money to pay the fee for but it. But remember, Democrats are the party of the poor people, which tells you that they need to keep you poor so, so they can stay in power. I was going to say, yeah, but this, Republicans this is the interesting are the thing evil about party that. of the rich, which means that they want to make you rich so they can stay in power. Right? That, that's <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically. B- basically. 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 <laughs> Think it through. Think it through. Um, uh, they turned it down before, right before Gains- Ginsburg's death. Uh, la, 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 la. See, the challenger, the Paul Clement representing the challengers said the court should use the case to settle the issue once and for all of if you are legally allowed to carry a firearm in public for self-defense. Uh, no matter what the court decides, the answer is yes. I was going to say, <laughs> technically, the answer is yes if you're not afraid of... It's only illegal if you get caught. Right. <laughs> the nation my, is split. My recommendation is if you ever have to defend yourself, hide the body. <laughs> the nation is split with, with the Second Amendment alive and well in the, vast, in the vast middle of the nation and those same rights disregarded near the coast. Clement wrote on behalf of... Calling on the court to reject the appeal, the state said its law promotes public safety and crime reduction and neither bans people from carrying guns nor allows everyone to do so. Right. Only the extremely rich and wealthy are allowed to do so, or they can pay for bodyguards that are legally allowed to do so. Either of which requires... Either of which requires a lot of money. Ridiculous ass loads of money. (laughs) Uh, I wish I could sit on one of their wallets so that I could kiss the top of the Empire State Building. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's that's a thing, I guess. This is... See, New York's saying this... Shouldn't be a thing. On the heels of a 73% increase of their police force in New York City retiring or quitting. Yeah, well... It's a matter of public safety. Is it? <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, it is a matter of public safety. Because I'm sure they're In order crime to rates. make the public safe, we should arm them. <laughs> because your cops are retiring and quitting in you, droves. You have no police force. And I'm sure if we looked it up, there wouldn't be an increase in crime currently. As Actually, I believe ago. the percentage is about 96% in homicides in the last... It's facts, whatever. doesn't matter. There's a case I know one right of the here. one of the the <laughs> the gun free cities uh, had an increase of 124 percent, if I remember correctly. One, one of the same cities that said mm-hmm. we don't need police. Yeah, one of yeah. those ones. Odd how that happens. Mm-hmm. Strange. Interesting. It's weird, even. Yeah. 
Like, let's take away guns. Now let's piss off our cops and have them go home and just see what happens. And then we have these jack wagons from Politico. Why gun control oh, is now a matter this of national security. Well, it's not because, because Stephen Simon, an international relations professor at Colby College, served on the National Security Council during the Clinton and Obama administrations, including as senior director for counterterrorism, and Jonathan Stevenson, a senior fellow at the International Institute for Strategic Studies and managing editor for Survival, served on the NSC as a director for political military affairs, Middle East and North Africa from 2000 to 2013. So these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah, all I heard in that entire thing was blah, 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 I'm an idiotic prick so (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no no seriously like look look at the credentials on those people okay uh uh kobe college national security council uh so rich political in someone's pocket only for two democrat administrations for two democrat administrations uh, obviously somebody who pushes the agenda that they push. Okay, so that's biased and slanted. Uh-huh. Okay, next one. A senior fellow at the International Institute for Strategic Studies. Okay, so this is a guy who has globalist agenda. So, uh, slanted. So, like I said, idiotic, arrogant pricks. What is it? The mouth is moving? Uh, The eyes are open, the mouth moves, but Mr. Brain has long since departed, hasn't he? And and because I am not a fan of the just random name calling, seriously, just look at the numbers. Anybody who's ever held a gun, used a gun, actually owned a weapon, had to purchase a weapon, knows that all the stuff that they're putting forward is bullshit. Why don't you shoot him in the leg? Well, hmm, I can tell from that statement you've never fired a weapon. Like, seriously. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We really should at some point do the whole picking apart the uh, the argument thing because it it is it is too big to do succinctly in a little thing like this, but, like, really... The amount of information that is neglected in this kind of opinion. Yeah, we share Biden's view that the level of U.S. gun violence is a national embarrassment. Biden's a national embarrassment. See, which which leader was it that was wearing not one but two face masks at a Zoom? Depends. Uh, meeting with world leaders. Yes, depends. We're probably involved. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was, our, uh, it was Biden. Uh, the leader of the free world, Joe Biden, the most powerful leader in the world, wearing two face masks in a Zoom conference with Well, he was just worried that it was gonna leaders. change into a computer virus and I mean it's evolving so rapidly. It is. Yeah. All kinds of strains. But as National Security Council veterans who have specialized in counterterrorism with direct experience involving far-right American terrorism, really? 
because there's not any far left terrorism going on. There's not. Well, no, because if it's if it's far left, it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly peaceful, like the time that they threw a bomb into the uh, congressional building. Well, yeah, as you can see, it's mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. It was just one bomb that blew out lots of windows in the building and did dam- actual physical damage to the building. But nobody died. Nope, nobody died on January 6th either, except for the lady that was shot by police. Oh, wait. And the four other people who died of heart attacks or something like that. Oh. 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 Also were part of the crowd, not part of the police. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Oh, look, they say show of force on January 6th. Yeah, that was that was quite the uh, far-right show of force on January 6th, wasn't it? Uh, they were just armed to the teeth, automatic weapon fire coming in, throwing bombs into the... Oh, no, wait, that's not... That was... Yeah, that was Chop. Oh, or Chaz. That, that's, Chaz. They, they had firearms going off everywhere. and Still in Oregon, they're burning and down federal buildings and trying to lock federal agents inside those buildings as they burn. Oh, and how many states have had their Capitol buildings seized by uh, rioters since then? Well, it started with Michigan with the uh, anti-lockdown <coughs> protests, the far-right people that just stood there inside the building. Oh, no. I was talking about the last couple of weeks since the Chauvin trial started where, what is it? Right, two those, or those three are capitals protests. now. That those the, are peaceful uh, protests, but the, like the Michigan. Uh, oh, right, yeah. The far Mostly right extremists peaceful protests that, were, that took that over capital standing, doing nothing <coughs> in, the, in the public areas of the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever just wanted to hit somebody with a stick till they make sense? I'm afraid I would break too many sticks before that happened. That's the problem, isn't it? (laughs) It's not a stick big enough. Uh, I don't know. This is a Bolshevik article. Yeah, it is. I read it a while ago and whatever. Meanwhile, the broad dispersal of mass casualty small arms makes every individual willing to use one a potentially catalytic lone wolf terrorist on the order of Brenton Tarrant, the Islamophobic white supremacist who killed 51 people with semi-automatic shotgun and AR-15 style rifle at a mosque in Christian Church, New Zealand. Wait. Christchurch, New Zealand. Where? Hold on. New Zealand? Where? Where? New Zealand in March 2019? No, 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 no. New Zealand. New Zealand. Like like the country. New Zealand. Oh, so not the U.S. is their biggest example. Oh. Oh. Huh. But, you know, if you point out that it was Islamic extremists that shot up the place in California, that uh, shot up the couple of military bases that drove a car into D.C. police, yeah, you're an Islamophobing or something. But it's not Islamic extremism. Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, New New Zealand, where at the time you were required to have a license in order to own a firearm. Oh, and this guy had that license. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Yeah, of course he did. Why wouldn't he? Not, nothing he had was obtained le- was obtained illegally. Many far right American militias, including the anti authoritarian Boogaloo Boys, explicitly encouraged their followers to act on their own initiative. Okay. 
as Tarrant did in Leaderless Resistance against the state, and several, starting with Timothy McVeigh, have done so. Oh. Oh. The symbol of militia volunteers carrying assault weapons. It's, uh, so a knife? They're carrying knives? Rocks? What are, what are assault weapons? Anything you commit assault with? Uh, brass knuckles? <laughs> the reality of their using them lethally have historically been enormously powerful social forces. Oh, like the, like the protest groups that put cement mix into milkshakes and threw them at cops, committing assault with bricks and frozen... Oh, no, wait, that was left wing. Huh. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they, they use a Northern Ireland, the uh, IRA also. Uh, still looking for a U.S. thing other than January 6th, which had no firearm usage. Which tells me... Well, let's find any way we can to, uh, I don't know, make it so it's almost impossible to own a firearm. Yeah. Because well, we can't do it with statistics within the U.S. We have to leave the United States to show how bad it is. Yeah, and go to a country where there's already much stricter gun laws. And anything we find in the U.S. is from some of the strictest gun law places in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're but already doing. We just have to ban gun laws because then nobody will ever kill anybody. Oh, if the law doesn't exist, then they can't. Wait. <laughs> Says the person who's blatantly ignoring the mass knife stabbings in China that led to the <gasps> knife ban. Oh, and the mass knife stabbings in the UK that led to knife bans. To the point where police don't carry firearms. Yeah. It's going real good for them over there, isn't it? Real yeah. good. Halt, right? Well. I'll simulate the sound of gunfire. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. Bang, pop, pow. Get back here, you yank. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, all right. Uh, in case you missed it, something uh, kind of odd. So the post office has been losing money like crazy for a while, right? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, this might be why. So the post office has a division where it's been tracking people's social media and letting government agencies know about what they find in social media. The USPS Secret Service or USPSSS. <laughs> or, Pieces of shit. Or, or, or US Piss. <laughs> US Piss. 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 What do you do for the post office? Oh, I spy on you. What? Yeah, I get paid to spy on people. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Well, it did. So if you remember when they put up the barricades and stuff in Washington because there was a threat coming, mm -hmm. and they said, we'll probably take them down March 20th, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out 
the post office let intelligence agencies know that they found out that a couple people want to start a fight at a rally near the Capitol on March 20th. So, because the post office decided someone wants to fight somebody, DC goes into lockdown. Cool. Cool. The program known cool story, as the, bro. The program known as the Internet Covert Operations Program, or ICOP. ICOP. <laughs> ICOP. ICOP. Idiots. <laughs> if you're going to make a secret intelligence thing, at least come up with a better acronym. It's, it's all right. The name for their actual ins- their their actual uh, police service is the United States Postal Inspection Service. Literally, I U.S. Piss. piss. Uh, U.S. Piss. U.S. Piss. Us Piss. Us Piss. Us Piss. Us Piss. Us Piss. I cop. Us Piss. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I understand. We are brothers. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> yeah. They they uh they told uh they told them that uh, parlor users have commented about their intent to use the rallies to engage in violence. Oh. Image three on the right is a screenshot from that. This is, there's no image here, but this is what it says. Image three on the right is a screenshot from Parler indicating two users, two users discussing the event as an opportunity to engage in a fight and do serious damage. Uh, it was the uh, nationwide protest of the worldwide rally for freedom and democracy. We're not a democracy. Bolton concluded, no intelligence is available to suggest the legitimacy of these threats. Oh, but let's put up a fence and keep the National Guard there anyway. Because fences don't work. Neither do enforcing borders with more personnel. <sighs> Am I doing this right? Is that how is that how it works? Pretty much. Okay, cool. Um, Fauci. 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 Fauci, the Fauchist. The Fauchist, Fauci. The Fauchist. <laughs> they might be trying to screw me. Well, of course they're trying to screw you. Uh, he's, he's caught up to us once again. And again, government, if you're listening, which I think you are, that big NSA building in Utah says that you most likely are. We will do Fauci's job for half his salary. And not even half his salary each. We will split we will half, split his, half salary. his salary. That sounds like a butt slap and happy good deal to me. I, <laughs> uh, I don't see a downside. Because... I don't know. He's saying exactly what we said. Talk about masks. I mean, you're seeing more and more talk about it. I know the CDC is looking at perhaps revising their guidance about oh. uh, wearing masks outdoors at this time. Well, what's your best guidance on that at this point? 
You know, I don't want to get ahead of them, George, <laughs> but I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low. Hold on. It's about wearing masks outdoors at this time. What's your best guidance on that at this point? You know, I don't want to get ahead of them, George, but I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low, particularly, I mean, if you were a vaccinated person wearing a, wearing a mask outdoors, I mean, obviously the risk is minuscule. What I believe you're going to be hearing. He chooses very specific words. I don't know if you caught that. So I think it's pretty common sense, George, that you don't need to wear a mask outside. Like, this is this is after earlier in this interview he says the cdc is an institution of science because i only believe in science the same cdc that changed its two-week quarantine to one week because not research and all this stuff but because U.S. citizens are more likely to stay home for one week instead of two weeks. Because it's all part of the plan. No studies, nothing. It's just, that's what they determined because Americans hate Fauci and his voice. Uh, So yeah, so now all these people, the day before Fauci said this, that were... Why aren't you wearing a mask when you're walking around outside? Because I'm outside. He can still get people dead. <laughs> now, Fauci saying it's pretty common sense. Oh, yeah, well, if it's common sense. Common sense is not so common anymore. No. No, it's uh, it's not so common anymore. And it used yet. to be that you could trust your fellow man to have a higher IQ than a jellyfish. Don't insult jellyfish like that. It's hard to. They don't have a brain. Literally, they're just a clump of nerves. Clump of nerves. Clump of nerves. But what does that say about all the rocks in society? (laughs) Fauci said it's common sense. It's common sense. Yeah, all of you donned two masks as soon as he said it makes sense that two masks would work better, even though all of the research says... Uh, no, it doesn't really help at all that way. In That's, fact, they had to hurry and scramble to find one bit of research that said it gave a minuscule amount of stuff to put on the CDC website the week that he said two masks makes logical sense. It's, yeah. it's so... Ah! That was a much better analogy than I actually thought it was before I said it. Because <laughs> jellyfish, literally, they don't have a heart. Or a brain. They just kind of drift they are with the current. literally just a clump of nerves, yeah. which is why it's so easy to touch a nerve on so many of them. Ha! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and, they the just kind of... speak does not make you intelligent. Yes. And they just kind of drift around wherever the ocean carries them. That's right. Ha. Huh. That's it. No longer calling them snowflakes. I'm calling them Jellyfish. jellyfish. Do it. You jellyfish. Stop being a jellyfish. <laughs> That's going to be a new shirt. We have a new shirt idea. The beginnings of a new shirt With idea. an apple jumping on the top like Dory. <laughs> <laughs> we have too many shirt ideas. Just, just an apple. Not enough people buying them. But it's, a, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, 
it's an apple poking a jellyfish with a stick saying, am I touching a nerve yet? <laughs> Have I touched a nerve yet? <laughs> <laughs> then on the back, drift along. Drift along. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep swimming. <laughs> Just keep drifting. Just keep drifting, drifting, drifting. <laughs> what do you do? You wait for them to tell you. Drifting, drifting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rose McGowan. I know nothing about this story, so this is all Michael. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So, Rose McGowan, um, for those of you that don't remember who she is off the top of your head, uh, she was one of the original actresses from the good version of Charmed. Oh. And I use good loosely. <laughs> I just insulted half of our fan base. <laughs> just because it's better than the, than the revamp does not necessarily mean it's good. <laughs> um, so uh, Rose McGowan made uh, headlines again this week as she went on Fox News and <laughs> made some inflammatory statements. Uh, to put it lightly, is there actually a video clip of the Fox News article here? Yeah, it is, down at the bottom. Oh, there's video evidence. There's video evidence. Um, it doesn't want to let me do... It doesn't want to let you do Democrats the thing. Democrats control two branches of government and are attempting it. to control the third by packing the Supreme Court with liberal justices. This is eight minutes long, On top so... of that, the fourth estate, the media, don't know exactly continues where it is to look the other video. way. And now... My next guest says she is fed up with the politics of it all. Oh, Joining me now with her first Fox News appearance is one of my heroes, Rose McGowan, former actress, best-selling author, change maker, and one of Time Magazine's Persons of the Year. May I say, Rose, that you are also I think my she was one person of the, of the year, if not for several <laughs> Maybe years, not. having <laughs> been in several years, I have she, no she doubt. She kind of looked like forward. her in the picture I saw. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. You, you know, this is, you are known by many people based on how the media has chosen to portray you. Uh, it's in snippets, it's, it's in blocks. We know that your life has been unique. You've had yes. important experiences that you've taken action on. But not a lot of people have heard directly from you about why that's important, what you're doing now. You're an entrepreneur, you're a businesswoman. We're going to talk about that soon. But to talk to uh, everyone here who may, for the first time, may be seeing you directly after hearing your name for so long, having done such a great job right, and standing to, like, up for middle. your rights, coming, and what's important about She's that. still talking. <laughs> for very many people, as, as it was for me, sure. you know, and, and my persecution um, and awakening from being a Democrat was so much about uh, what I do and what I say now, and so much about realizing how hardcore of a cult it is you know right there that was what she said to women and it's the people a cult. It says it's going to help one of the things that she said and so it, it pretty much is it's a this, death cult. this this article goes on for a little bit and and to be fair she puts it on both sides but she's very specific about the democrats which has gotten a lot of people up until into, very recently you know that's what she used to be right and so for those who don't understand the background for her. She was raised in a cult <laughs> when she was a child. So, so she knows a thing or two because she, she's seen a thing or two. Yeah, she, gotcha. she she was rescued from a cult 
And and so her her big inflammatory thing was uh, that she just called the Democrats a deep cult. So, uh, oh, she was part of the Me Too. Yes, she was. She was uh, instrumental in the Me Too movement. Um, and then she she came on and did this with Fox News, uh, saying that she believes Democrats and their supporters are in a deep cult and don't even realize it. I'm not here to make people feel bad about their political choices, she said, but I am here to say that you might be in a cult too if you don't know the signs. And I do believe Democrats, most especially, are in a deep cult that they really don't know about and aren't really aware of. (laughs) Democrats masquerade as humanitarians despite being against changing the world for the better. Therefore, a system that is for so few people and benefits so few, but they masquerade as the helpers. We would do this. The world would be perfect if only those Republicans would get out of the way. So... Is, is what she says the Democrats say. Is what she says the Democrats say. Yeah, that was her quoting what she thinks of them. Anyway. Um, and then she added, if you are serving a master that is not serving you, you are in a cult. <laughs> she also said that she doesn't feel that Republicans or Republican voters are the same because they are mainly upfront about what they're for and what they're against. My persecution and awakening from being a Democrat was so much about what I do and what I say now and so much about realizing how hardcore of a cult it is, which is the part that we just played. Yes. What part of it is organic to you and what part has been implanted either by Hollywood or the media or your leaders, what part of it is truly yours? What's organic to you? See what's the polyester and pull it out of your fabric. We have to examine what we believe and why. Look at your belief systems and get free, is what she said. So there's that from somebody who was born, or well, not born, but raised in a cult. Did you see the... uh this, this is an, an example kind of what she's talking about, at least from the conservative side. Bill Maher. Uh, I've seen Bill Maher. Probably 95% of the time, if not more, I disagree It works with every time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I disagree with him on a lot of stuff. Almost everything. But every once in a while, he comes out with things. Like the last thing he did was uh, uh, calling out uh, Democrats and the corporate media for lying about COVID stuff for not being clear on the data behind COVID. And he cited a study that found that conservative media was more accurate in the actual COVID statistics than progressive media was was like, well, thank you. (laughs) If you've lost Bill Maher, Hmm. That being said, I still don't like Bill Maher. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him as a political figure, but I will give credit where credit is due because I don't just subscribe to Republican this, conservative that. I subscribe to, here's a set of principles, who lines up with those principles? And whenever someone that usually doesn't line up with those principles does... I'll call them out on it and say, hey, that's a good thing. Keep doing the good thing. And when someone that usually lines up with their principles falls out of line, 
I'll call them out on it and say, hey, that's a bad thing. Stop doing the bad thing. Don't do the bad thing. Don't do the bad. Do the good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's a death cult. They're obsessed with death. You know, it's like you said earlier, and, and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, too, is this is like like they profess to be the party of the poor, the downtrodden, and all this different stuff. But if they're the party of that, then why would they want to make people not be that anymore? Why is it that an unusually large percentage of the leadership in that party has multiple houses, multiple millions of dollars, while their uh, average follower... Um, "Quote unquote," average follower is poor and can't can't even get by on minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Whereas Republicans are so evil because all they care about is rich stuff. Where your average Republican leadership has whatever the salary of a senator or congressman would expect to have where they don't necessarily some of them might have multiple homes but most of them if they have a lot of money it's because they had it before they got into politics like donald trump who lost money while he was president and right george bush who he had money because his family has been in politics for a while but at the same time when he was done being president he went home and painted the Obamas, well, they signed multi-million dollar contracts with Netflix and book deals to sell books that nobody buys. Same with the Clintons. Same with, well, Jimmy Carter, for the most part, went home and did his own thing. Well, people don't have to buy Kamala's book. She's handing it out at the border. She's handing it out at the border because nobody wants to buy it. But she won't go to the border to talk to those people. She <laughs> no. just wants them to read her book. But it's okay because Biden put her in charge of the border. Right. So what better way? So to talk what about better the way to take Biden, care of the border than not go there? And by never visiting it and allow, and telling Biden, hey, you should hire this sheriff that was against every single Trump policy on the border to huh. be in charge of ICE. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Look it up. That just happened today. Brilliant. <laughs> <sighs> so, <sighs> in the pile of things progressives do. Flaming hot garbage? Flaming hot garbage. And most of it is connected to racism because it's a bunch of white supremacists, racism, blah, 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 all that stuff. Did you see that hand sanitizer dispensers are racist? Mm. Automatic dispensers? Oh, yes, I did. Because it forces black people to show the palms of their hands, which are not as dark as the rest of their skin. Just funny because it's not based on actually anything other than heat. It's, it's based on it's in, infrared. Infrared. Light. It's an infrared sensor. Which every living thing emits infrared light, so, so it detects so, that and it well, spins and, it and out. So they're not the only ones that have an issue getting the soap. I cannot tell you how many times I've stuck my hand under a faucet or a soap dispenser, and it doesn't dispense soap. Half of that is because so, it's a manual one. The, the, the other trick. half is because you just don't have your hand in the right spot or you're doing it too fast. The trick <laughs> when, you, when you know that it's an infrared sensor uh-huh. is... Warm your hands up. Warm your hands up and so then stick it So you're saying you shouldn't be washing your hands with cold water. 
N- no. Oh, that's mm. no. Mm. Ha, mm. Ha, mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <sighs> Biden's UN ambassador. This is not the first time, and it probably won't be the last time. Should not be an ambassador to the UN because they're an apologist. I miss Nikki Haley. They tried already. to debunk things that are untrue about stuff? No, they just reiterate garbage and think it's true because it's popular or something. I don't know. <clears throat> Biden UN ambassador says white supremacy is weaved into the U.S. founding documents. It's woven right in there. All that stuff. Uh, ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield told the Human Rights Council... The original sin of slavery weaved white supremacy into our founding documents. Um, as the Biden administration lobbies the body to readmit the United States. Go pound sand. So, just, just to be clear, the human rights body of the uh, UN, the United States is not part of the human rights body of the UN. The United States pays what is it, half of the UN budget? Ha! Huh. But on the body for human Look rights... At that list! China, Cuba, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and North Korea. Uyghur camps. People love Cuba so much, they're floating away from it on trash. Venezuela, where they're eating the zoo animals. Saudi Arabia, where women can't do a thing. And North Korea, where who knows how many war, uh, human rights violations are occurring. Did you almost just say war crimes? <laughs> almost. Because <laughs> we're almost there. This is pretty much there. Good <sighs> hell. Those are the ones on the human rights board? Yeah, this, this, uh, this, this happened like two weeks ago, and it pissed me off enough to start doing research for a thing that I'm a that this is going to lead into for a little history lesson so you can be armed with things. Thomas Greenfield made the remarks while delivering a speech to a virtual, act, na, virtual National Action Network conference Wednesday where she argued that the Im- imperfect union of America must approach issues of equity and justice at the global scale with humility. Uh, no, sweetheart. There's no equity in the United States. It is and specifically designed as such. The best way to take care of the globe is to take care of America. Yeah. And I will prove that point in part of history. We have to acknowledge that we are an imperfect union. Uh, we do. Our founding document says in order to establish a more perfect union. Which denotes that we are currently an imperfect is, It implies union. that uh, we have not reached perfection and this is a route to reach perfection. And, and have been since the beginning. Yeah, again, founding document says that we're not. And every day we strive to make ourselves more perfect. Yes, as the document says we should. And more just. In a diverse country like ours, that means committing to do the work. Uh-huh. She told the human rights body, which includes China, Cuba, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, that the United States needs to engage trailblazing groups like yours in order to improve. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. So let me get this straight. 
Saudi Arabia, where they're throwing gay people off of rooftops for being gay. Women can't drive. Women can't do a lot of stuff in society unless their husband is present or a brother or a father. North Korea, where they're just thriving there, aren't they? China, where they've got Uyghurs and anyone that opposes the government in camps if they're not disappeared already. Cuba, where the Castros have killed who knows how many people and uh, to the point where people are fleeing Cuba on trash to get to Florida. And Venezuela, where they used to be a thriving capitalist country, but now that they've implemented just a dash of socialism, crime is rampant. People are starving to death to the point where they're eating flamingos and whatever else they can get at the zoo. Trailblazing groups like yours. Son of a You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Yeah. Oh, look. I can't breathe. Yeah, that's... Every single one of your stupid marches, BLM, is based off of a lie. Every one of them. Even the founding of BLM is based off of a lie. Hands up, don't shoot. Uh, yeah, he didn't say that. He was actually attacking the cop. According to eyewitnesses and the jury from that community. Who were also a black. It means learning and understanding more about each other. It means engaging the trailblazing groups like yours to teach, to grow, to include, to improve. It means not forgetting our past or ignoring our present. Except your party wants to destroy anything negative about the past because your party did everything negative about the past. 99% of what's negative about the past. Or ignoring our present, but keeping both firmly in mind as we push for a better future. Uh, she did go on to point out some global rights global human rights abuses, such as the Uyghur genocide in China, though nothing else on any of the nations on the panel. Mm. Mm. See, this, we need her back in there. Get, mm -hmm. get Nikki Haley back in there. She told the virtual audience, I shared these stories and others to acknowledge on the international stage that I have personally experienced one of America's greatest imperfections. I have seen for myself how the original sin of slavery weaved white supremacy into our founding documents and principles. Stop it. Get some help. Liar. But I also shared these stories to offer up an insight, a simple truth I've learned over the years. Racism is not the problem of the person who experiences it. Huh? I actually could kind of agree with that if it's coming from the place I think it is. Because the, 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 the idea being the person that experiences racism is the person that somebody is racist against. The problem isn't the person that is experiencing racism. It's the person that is a racist, which is true. Okay, so she just worded it terribly. She just worded it terribly, okay, yes. Okay, cool. Of the 47 member states on the council, notable nations include China, Cuba, Libya. Oh, that's a great place. Nigeria, that's a great place. North Korea, what? Pakistan. <laughs> that's a what? great place. Qatar, Russia, what? Saudi Arabia, Somalia, Sudan, and Venezuela. It's a great human rights council right there. Gentlemen, 
I wash my hands of this weirdness. At what point do we stop paying the UN and get out? Um, we passed it. Ah, this a long time ago. Ah, good. This is why. President Donald Trump pulled out of the council in 2018, citing anti-Israel, anti-Israel bias. bias. Thank mm-hmm. you. So <laughs> there's a bunch of freaking non-human rights people in here. No, <laughs> we're not being involved in this. Uh, la, 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 la. More stuff. This is from Blink, and we humbly ask for the support of all UN member states in our bid to return to a seat in this body. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to grant it because they want the U.S. on there funding them. Yeah. And all of their human rights atrocities. And Nikki Haley uh, chimed in on Twitter. Uh, she said that the council covers for dictators and human rights abusers like Russia, China, and Venezuela. Thank ah, you, Hey, Nikki look Haley. at that. Because she actually understands. Because she knows a thing or two. Because she's seen a thing or two. That's stuck in my head. I don't know why. Anyway, so. A history lesson on how woven racism is in our stuff. We should play our song because we don't get to play it. (laughs) Oh, history. Here we go. The history song. It's time for a history lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Slices of history. Slices of history. So, how racist is the history of the United States? About this much. About as much as an empty can of soda pop. There's still just a little bit in there that you could never get out. I have two of them. But overall, the rest of the can was good. It's that last little bit you can't get out that's depressing. And that's what the Democrats focus on is that last little depressing bit that you fight for, but it's flat and tastes terrible anyway. So why bother? Anyway, a little little background for the United States. Current background. The United States has the most stable government in the world. Our constitution has governed for the last 233 years compared to an average of 17 years for countries in the rest of the world. Every 17 years, on average, countries in the world will change their constitution, change their government. So every time high schoolers, every time a new uh, round of high schoolers grows up to 18 years old, New constitution! Because we don't like our government. Huh. The U.S. So this, what I'm pointing out here is you may not agree that the United States is the greatest country in the world. I disagree with that. I believe it is the greatest country in the world for these reasons, as well as, I don't know, everyone's climbing over each other to try to get here. Still. But... No matter what, I think everyone should be able to agree the United States is the most exceptional. It is the exception, not the rule. 
right? It's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Here's some more stuff. United States has approximately 4% of the world's population. The U.S. produces about 25% of the world's GDP. Reason, reason would tell me that 4% should create about 4%. Well, yes, but 4 is also part of a quarter, which is what we do. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, uh, depending on your source... You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, depending on your source, um, the U.S. is about... Uh, is somewhere around second place in farmable land. And it covers... The farmable land is about 17% of the United States landmass. The U.S. is constantly second or third in food production, again, depending on which metric you're using. But only 1% of the United States workforce is in agriculture. Compared to China, who's number one, with 25% of their population in agriculture, and India, who's number two, with 43% of their population in agriculture. And their 25% is considerably bigger than our 1%. Considerably bigger. Considerably bigger. And India's 43% is... Probably bigger than China's 25%, if we're being perfectly honest. Right. So, 1% of the United States, 330 million people, 340 million, wherever we're at now with the current census. So, uh, 3 million people-ish are in the... uh, 3.4 million. Are in the... uh, Are producing a good chunk of the world's food. Uh, the U.S. leads the way in medical advances is number one, number two, consistently year after year after year in medical advances. Same with innovations. Uh, the United States invents a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And if they don't invent it, they find a way to make it better than whoever invented it. Case in point, Ford. Ford did not create the automobile. He created a cheaper, easier way to make an automobile so everyone could afford an automobile, not just the rich and famous. Huh. Um, now, here's, here's where we start getting to slavery. So of the 193 countries that are recognized in the UN, 94 of them do not have laws against slavery. So roughly half. Roughly half. Uh, it's like 48%, 49%, something like that. Yeah, um, it's pretty freaking close to half. So if we... Uh, that one. Sorry, I'm pulling up a map that I should have had. Um, criminal law on, uh, oh, oh, dear, 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 criminal law on, uh, nope, there we go. Criminal law on slavery and slave trade. You'll see here, 
United States provisions exist. So no slavery allowed there, no slavery allowed Mexico. Canada does not have any provisions against slavery or slave trade. Huh. Hmm. 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 Ireland does not have provisions against slavery or slave trade. Cuba! Cuba, we heard about them a little bit ago. Oh, they still allow slavery. Legally. Uh, Who else? Venezuela? Where are they? One of these. Uh, There we are. Oh, they do have provisions against slavery for now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Middle East. Oh, look, Saudi Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Provisions do not exist. China. Provisions do not exist. Huh. They do exist in Russia. Uh, Other Middle Eastern countries, they do not exist. Spain, you can still have legal slavery in Spain. We should be more like Europe, right? (laughs) Sweden, Poland, Czech Republic, Switzerland. Really? Switzerland? 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 Ukraine? Ukraine Ukraine is not weak. Um, Bulgaria, all of these, Algeria. Wow, surprisingly, Libya does not allow slavery. Chad. Chad. Is that why they changed Chad to Chop? Probably. Oh, no, it was Chaz. Chaz. Yeah. It was Chop to Chaz, wasn't it? I don't know. know. Some dumb Chop, thing. Some, eh, Sierra Leone. Look at all this. South Africa. Yeah. All Madagascar, these places. Nambia, all these places. New Guinea. Do not outlaw slavery. Isn't that just Vietnam? Vietnam Laos. Uh, is this... Oh, oh look. North, North Korea. Democratic Republic. Whatever. Liars. <laughs> Both of those are a lie. <laughs> Democratic Republic. Anyway, so yeah, so there's a there's a little little taste of that. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> the U.S. was technically first to stop importing slave trade of the Western countries. It was first. It was uh, the law was signed three weeks before England signed their law. Um, in 1807, but because of the Constitution of the United States, laws don't take effect until the next year. So it looks like America was second to outlaw it because it took effect in 1808, but it was signed into law 1807. Hmm. The U.S. was third or fourth to actually get rid of slavery entirely of the slave trading countries that were involved with all the slave trade stuff. But it's the United States' fault, right? even though slavery, the slave trade started in the 1500s in Africa, amongst Africans, selling slaves to the Muslims who were also enslaving people and selling them to the Dutch. But that's never, none of mine, never mind. (laughs) What better way to make money than capture your fellow men and sell them for money? Yes, 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 yes. Um, jellyfish. Thomas Jefferson hated slavery but he owned slaves yes yes he did and he hated that he did to the point where he constantly tried to write laws and petition the king to allow himself to not have slaves because the king was forcing him and others to keep their slaves otherwise they'd have to go to jail or killed 
Thomas Jefferson in the original rough draft of the Declaration of Independence. What? <sighs> We've covered this before because yes, it's we have. amazing. I love the original rough draft. Um, so we have here. This is what we should have had. This is what we should have had. And Thomas Jefferson uh, lamented that it did not pass by just a handful of votes. Um, and himself and others noted it was places like Georgia and Carolinas and somewhere else, one of the other southern states that did not get along with it. And it wasn't all of them. It was just representatives from those states that did not. Uh, but yeah, here's here's a list of things that the king is uh, terrible about, um, most of which are in our, the final draft. But then there's this... There's this giant section right here. Right here. He has way... This is about uh, the king at the time. What is it? King George? Right? I don't yes. Know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, he has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the persons of a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them off, carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere, or to incur miserable death in the transportation thither. This practical, this Pir piratical, piratical warfare, the opprobrium of negative uh, infidel powers, is the war. I need to switch to reading. The Close opprobrium <laughs> of infidel powers is the warfare of the Christian king of Great Britain. Christian, capitalized. Determined yeah. <laughs> to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. He has prostituted his negative for suppressing... What? He has prostituted his negative for suppressing every legislative attempt to prohibit to, or to restrain this... Okay, there is like a couple of spelling <laughs> errors in this, like really bad. Well, they took it from uh, his handwriting, and I'll show you that too. Um, I'm not really sure what prostituted his negative is supposed to mean. He has prostituted his negative. He, okay, so he's abused his negative for suppressing every legislative. He's, every time they petition the king, can we not have slaves? No. Can we not? No. Can, no. Can we? No. <laughs> That's what he's saying. <laughs> he's, mm. He abused. Oh, okay. No. He abused. Yeah, he's he's no. abused his note. He has prostituted his negative for suppressing every legislative attempt to prohibit or to restrain the execrable commerce. And that this assemblage of horrors might want no fact of distinguished die. He is now exciting those very people to rise in arms among us and to purchase that liberty of which he has deprived them and murdering the people upon whom he also obtruded them, thus paying off former crimes committed against the liberties of one people with crimes which he urges them to commit against the lives of another. So the old English is a little bit hard to discern in some places, but... Yeah, to give you an idea... Of how much he hated slavery. So this this is what they were pulling from. This is how it originally looked right here. That's his handwriting. Now if we go down to where he's talking. I've seen doctors with better handwriting. Right. Now if we go down to where he's talking about slavery. 
Ah, I it see gets men. harder to read because he's pressing so hard and writing so fast. And very, very angry. He is angrily writing this section about slavery. And crossing out with vigor. And men, capitalized, Christian, underlined. He's Christian, and he's enslaving people. Men. Men. He's enslaving men. Liberties, underlined. This is why everyone should learn cursive. Because if you don't know cursive, this can say whatever they want it to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, I can actually read, like, when you when I, when I can see it clearly, I can actually read yeah, most if, of his If we zoom in more there. so you can actually, of our fellow citizens with the... Uh, Other than the parts where he crossed out and wrote above and it's all jumbled together. And really tiny. (laughs) It is it is a very rough draft that is right there. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, so he uh he didn't like it. He didn't like it very much. Didn't like it very much at all. Um he also uh and it wasn't just him, it was uh, most of the founders weren't very pleased with slavery. One of the first presidents of Congress, Henry Lawrence, explained, I abhor slavery. I was born in a country where slavery had been established by British kings and parliaments, as well as by the laws of the country ages before my existence. In former days, there was nothing combating the prejudices of men supported by interest. The day, I hope, is approaching when, from principles of gratitude as well as justice, every man will strive to be foremost in showing his readiness to comply with the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. From Matthew 7.12. Wait. Founders were atheists, I thought. Um, Da-da-da-da-da. John Jay identified the point at which the change in attitude towards slavery began. He said, prior to the Great Revolution, the great majority of our people had been so long accustomed to the practice and, con- and convenience of having slaves that very few among them even doubted the propriety and rectitude of it. This has been a thing for so long, they didn't realize how damaging it was to their souls or to themselves or just how wrong it was in general kind of like wearing a mask uh (laughs) that next one is uh the jefferson that's the jefferson thing and then uh benjamin franklin franklin in a letter to dean wood in woodward in 1773 he said a disposition to abolish slavery prevails in north america that many of pennsylvanians have set their slaves at liberty and that even the virginia assembly have petitioned the virginia where jefferson Virginia and Washington lived and where Jefferson was in the assembly of Virginia have petitioned the king for permission to make a law for preventing the importation of more into that colony. This request, however, will probably not be granted as their former laws of that kind have always been repealed. Huh? John Quincy Adams, known as the hellhound of abolition, said the inconsistency of the institution of domestic slavery with the principles of the Declaration of Independence was seen and lamented by all the Southern patriots of the Revolution. By no other deep, <coughs> by no one with deeper and more unalterable conviction than by the author of the Declaration himself, Jefferson. 
No charge of insincerity or hypocrisy can be fairly laid to their charge. Never from their lips was heard one syllable of attempt to justify the institution of slavery. They universally consider it as a reproach fastened upon them by the unnatural stepmother country. (laughs) Stepmother country. (laughs) And they saw that before the principles of the Declaration of Independence, slavery, in common with every other mode of oppression, was destined sooner or later to be banished from the earth. Such was the undoubting conviction of Jefferson to his dying day. In the memoir of his life, written at the age of 77, he gave to his countrymen the solemn and emphatic warning that the day was not distant when they must hear and adopt the great emancipation of their slaves. General. General emancipation of their slaves. General emancipation of their slaves. Almost as if he kind of knew that some sort of proclamation was... Wouldn't surprise me if Lincoln wrote his Emancipation Proclamation based on these ideas. Yeah, because Lincoln changed. He was having Lincoln read his proclamation and read these things before the Battle of Gettysburg, before the Emancipation Proclamation. Lincoln was a very different person than he was after that. I'm deeply interested in what he studied, what he read, what he heard. His soul, what was happening with that, because something changed drastically with Lincoln at that time. And all of a sudden, uh, they started winning. The Union did. <clears throat> Almost as if it's the original sin, as What's-Her-Face talked about at the UN, and Lincoln figured that out and decided to start fighting to end that sin. Um, Elias Bunloy, president of the Continental Congress, said that even the sacred scriptures had been quoted to justify this inquitous traffic. It is true that the Egyptians held the Israelites in bondage for 400 years, but gentlemen cannot forget the consequences that followed. They were delivered by a strong hand and stretched out arm, and it ought to be remembered that the almighty power that accomplished their deliverance in the same yesterday is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> we, we better do what we can to end this so we don't end up like the Egyptians. Yeah. Huh. Um, you have John Adams. Uh, never, never in my life did I own a slave. Yeah. Never. Um, and he is one of only two signers of the Bill of Rights. <clears throat> P.S. Yes. Um, uh, da, 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 let's see. Sam, uh, Sam Adams. But to the eye of reason, what can be more clear than that, than that all men have an equal right to happiness? Nature made no other distinction other than that of higher or lower degrees of power of mind and body. Were the talents and virtues which heaven has bestowed on men given merely to make them more obedient drudges? No. In the judgment of heaven, there is no other superiority among men than a superiority of wisdom and virtue. The father of the American Revolution. Hallelujah. Samuel Adams. Charles Carroll. Also makes a great logger. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm told. So I'm told. <laughs> Charles, Charles Carroll, why keep alive the question of slavery? It is admitted by all to be a great evil. Huh. John Dickinson, all of these people have signed 
the Declaration, the Constitution, and or the Bill of Rights and other founding documents. Uh, what did I say? John, John Dickinson. As Congress is now to legislate for our extensive territory lately acquired, I pray to heaven that they may build up the system of government on the broad, strong, and sound principles of freedom. Curse not the inhabitants of those regions and of the United States in general with a permission to introduce bondage. I, let's curse whoever wants to bring in slavery, curse them, and let's uh, let the rest be free. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Uh, he started one of the first abolition groups, president of the Pennsylvania Abolition Society. I am glad to hear that the disposition against keeping Negroes grows more general in North America. Several pieces have been lately printed here against the practice, and I hope in time it will be taken into consideration and suppressed by the legislature. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. More from Jefferson. <clears throat> more from Richard Henry Lee, George Mason. <sighs> John Jay. Yeah, Benjamin so. Rush. I like Benjamin Rush. I'll read his. Domestic slavery is repugnant to the principles of Christianity. It is, re it is rebellion against the authority of a common father. It is a practical denial of the extent and efficacy of the death of a common savior. It is an uh, usurp usurpation of the per ah, prerogative of the great sovereign of the universe who has solemnly claimed an exclusive property in the souls of men. Benjamin Rush, by the way, he was one of the ones that the most of the founders looked up to. He was Dr. Benjamin Rush, which meant that he was also Reverend Benjamin Rush. Mm -hmm. Told you we'd be talking about some pastors in this. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, they, they, uh, they didn't like it. Didn't want it. Didn't like it, didn't want it. Didn't like it, didn't want it. John Witherspoon. Is there a John without her spoon? <laughs> yes. Um, so, what was their inspiration? What was the founder's inspiration for writing these documents and all this stuff? John Adams was asked at one point, "Who who do you uh, who do you and the founding fathers?" Because this is when. Uh, this was in the early 1800s. Ad, John Adams was, one of, was getting pretty old, and one of the young bucks wanted to write a book, a history book, about the founders and asked them, what is your, uh, excuse me, what is your inspiration? Who inspired you and other founders? And he pointed out founders such as, or not founders, he pointed out people such as, uh, let's see. Let's see. Jeremiah Gridley, the father of the bar in Boston and the uh, preceptor of Pratt, uh, Otis Thatcher, Cushing, and many others, Benjamin Pratt, Chief Justice of New York, Colonel John Tinch. These, these guys are all inspiring to him, and he gets a little further down. Um, da -da -da -da. Da ah, Richard Dana and and Francis Dana, his son, first, first minister to Russia, and afterwards chief justice, Jonathan Matthew, uh, D.D. is Dr. Samuel Cooper, Dr. Uh, Chase, 
Chauncey and Dr. James Warren and his wife, Joseph Warren of Bunker Hill. Um, John with, so these guys right here, the doctor guys, that's a pastor. That's a pastor. There was, there was a, a semicolon between and his wife and then Joseph Warren. Yes. So Joseph Warren is not James Warren's wife. No, no, no. Just to be clear there. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they look to, uh, a good handful of pastors, um, I mentioned I mentioned that I like Benjamin Rush. Um, he's an interesting founding father that most people don't know about, and I'm still trying to learn more about him. But he uh, um, he praised a, sp- a specific pastor, um, a guy by the name of Harry Hoosier. Now, most people don't know Harry Hoosier. You might have heard Hoosier before. Um, Indiana is the Hoosier state, right? And if you go to Indiana websites and see why is it called the Hoosier state, they'll tell you something about Native Americans and blah, blah, blah. But the story of Harry Hoosier is uh, he, uh, uh, Benjamin Rush said that Harry Hoosier is the greatest orator he has ever heard, better than Jefferson and all these other guys. He's the greatest orator he's ever heard. Hoosier was a traveling pastor, and he was a black man. He uh, traveled around the uh, country with, uh, uh, I forget his name. Forget his name. I have a lot of stuff on my mind. Please forgive me. <laughs> James Armistead? No, not James Armistead. James Armistead is another story. Oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he went around with... Francis Asbury. That's who it was. Um, he's Asbury is known as the founding father of the American Methodist church. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Harry met Asbury basically. (laughs) That sounds like a weird movie. (laughs) And he was traveling around with the Bishop with Bishop Asbury and Asbury, uh, was pretty popular, drew a lot of big crowds, but Hoosier drew bigger crowds. More people came to say Hoosier came to see Hoosier than they did see Asbury. Um, just here's a picture of him for those on the YouTubes. That's uh, Mr. Hoosier. Um, but uh, they're traveling around and they go uh, into the blue collar areas. So people working in the lumber camps and the mines and things like that in the, uh, the less tame areas of the colonies. <clears throat> and uh, people that loved Hoosier became known as Hoosiers for following him because they were followers of Hoosier. Uh, and so they became known as Hoosiers and all of a sudden there's a state that's known as the Hoosier state. Huh? But you know, never mind. We can't talk about that history because that's uh, that promotes not just a black person being successful before slavery was terminated and before civil rights, but it, also promotes 
Christianity, which is also evil, I guess. Apparently. (laughs) So we're told. Now, during the revolution, this story is fantastic and needs to be a movie. James Armistead. What a man. James Armistead used to be a slave, and uh, he asked his uh, master if he could join the revolution and help them out. His master said, sure, and let him go. That white supremacist owner of his let him go be part of the revolution, which would undoubtedly mean that he would gain freedom because part of, part of uh, black people, Part of the thing with the revolution is if you were a black person and you joined the military, you became a free man. You were emancipated. Oh. Oh, I didn't hear that in school. Hmm. Huh. Um, but anyways, so James Armistead, he gets to, uh, he, he gets to the uh, camp where... Washington and all them are, and he eventually meets uh, Lafayette. Lafayette hated slavery as well. He thought it was abhorrent. Um, you would never know that from the play. <laughs> you wouldn't know a lot from the play. <laughs> I know he was French. I know he was French. Can you not tell by this outrageous accent? And a little bit flamboyant. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, he was French, so... He was French, so naturally... Naturally. Naturally. Um, there we go. That's the picture I was looking for. Like, the U.S. Army actually has a page about him. But, so, yeah, this is Lafayette here, and uh, this is James Armistead, not Lafayette's slave. But uh, the British were beating the snot, there's another picture of him, beating the snot out of the uh, Americans on every front. Washington and Lafayette were getting upset because they're losing left and right. James Armistead asked, is there any way that I could help? And said, I, I don't know if there's, I'm not sure. So what if, what if I go to their camp and figure out what they're doing? And then I let you know. That's really dangerous. We can't, can't let you know. No, it's, I'll, I'll, I can do it. I can do it. So he goes to the British camp. <clears throat> and uh, when he gets there, he tells the British, uh, I'm a escaped slave. I hate the Americans. They're terrible and all this stuff. The British like, okay, yeah, you can be one of us. And so he goes to work around the camp, basically being a slave at the camp, <clears throat> helping the soldiers with whatever, cooking meals, all that jazz. He gets the attention of the generals, specifically a certain general, who once fought for the Americans until he got jealous that uh, Washington was taking all the uh, uh, all the credit because Washington was actually doing a good job. <laughs> Benedict Arnold. Hmm. Benedict Arnold takes in James Armistead as basically a personal assistant, and he's one of the top generals for the uh, British at this time. And since he's one of the top generals, he's involved with most of the planning meetings for strategy and all that stuff. James Armistead sneaks out the plans to Washington night after night. And suddenly the British 
are not winning as many fights as they used to win, and the Americans are losing less and less lives each time. So, uh, Benedict Arnold gets uh, uh, transferred to another area, and then Armistead gets the attention of Lord Cornwallis of the British. Cornwallis? The, uh, uh, the commanding general of the number one general for the British. And he takes him in, and he's, he said, James, I think there's a spy in our camp. <laughs> James, no. No. <laughs> what, what makes you think that? I think it was General Arnold. <laughs> I think it was Benedict Arnold. He's always got them shifty eyes. <laughs> I saw blue on the inside of his coat. <laughs> uh, but uh, Cornwallis tells James that He's, yeah, the, the Americans seem to know our every move. They know when we're coming. They're ready for our attacks. They're ready for everything that we do. I was wondering, I know you hate the Americans, but would you go spy on them to see if you can figure out how they know what we're doing? Well, James Armistead, ah, that's... I don't, that's kind of dangerous. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But if you could do that, it'd be really great. All right, all right, I'll go do it. James Armistead becomes the first double agent for the United States. And Cornwallis doesn't know the wiser. James Armistead's information is part of what is a major part of what leads to American victory at Yorktown. Because... They knew everything that was going on. They knew all the troop movements. They were able to feed false information to the British that seemed legit, but actually wasn't. Got them more entrapped. Uh, British troops got separated because of storms and all this stuff. And so, and it all led to Cornwallis getting cornered and his eventual surrender. All of this because James Armistead was willing to spy for the United States. A sad part of this is... Uh, because he was a spy, he wasn't considered a soldier. So the state uh, that he belonged to, Virginia or something like that, wouldn't mm-hmm. allow him to be emancipated because he wasn't technically a soldier. He was a spy. So he returned to slavery. So he returned to slavery. However, Lafayette and George Washington appealed for him, and they granted the appeal. Because how can you disagree with the two generals that made liberty possible for, for everyone? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that needs to be a movie. Yeah, that needs to be a movie. Yeah, seriously. Because I know it's fun to go and redo terribly all the things that have done before. But when you can have an original idea like this put into film that actually, I don't know, might educate people in an awesome way, you might sell a few tickets. Yeah. 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 The next one that needs to be a movie, Jack Sisson. Jack Sisson, another slave, used to be a slave. Um, Where'd you go? I missed you so. There we go. Prince Sisson also. Um, So what happened uh, in 1776, the British had captured the second-in-command for the American army, General Charles Lee. Uh, and he was taken, Brit- taken prisoner. 
And in order to get him back, they needed to do a prisoner exchange. The British would not exchange a second-in-command for just anyone. You needed at least a second-in-command to the British in order to get your second-in-command back if you're going to do a prisoner exchange. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give you this high-up guy for our high-up guy. The only problem was the Americans didn't have the second-in-command of the British. They had to capture the second-in-command. And as I was reading through this story, I thought, why didn't they just go and rescue their second-in-command? You'll see why in a second. <laughs> but anyways, um, so Lieutenant Colonel William Barton... Um, uh, came up with an idea to capture the second in command. Um, oh, wait, sorry. Lieutenant Colonel William Barton was the second in command. Yes. Um, no, I was wrong again. Richard Prescott. There we go. Capture British General Richard Prescott. Um, it's William Barton that came up with the plan. And the plan was to row some boats through an armada of British ships to a fortified fort on an island <laughs> to capture the second-in-command of the British. <laughs> he said, it's a suicide mission, so I'm only taking volunteers. A handful of men volunteered. Half of them were black, half of them were white. What? Among them was Prince Sisson. And um, so what they do is they decide nighttime is probably the best time to try to sneak in as any covert operation uh, happens. And as in order to sneak past these giant warships, they put cloth on the uh, oars so that when they're paddling the boats, they don't make a slapping sound in the water. They just kind of swish through a little more quietly. And uh, Prince Sisson... Uh, uh, went on the front boat, the boat in the front. He was raring to go, ready to make this happen. They get, they make their way uh, to where the uh, uh, General Prescott's at, and he's locked away behind a door. They've knocked out of the guards and all this stuff getting to him. <laughs> and, lock and he's locked behind this door, and they, they're looking at it. If we knock this down, it's going to alert the whole place if we try to crack through this thing. And Mr. Sisson, being uh, large in stature, said, I got this. Step back. He uh, goes down the end of the hall, charges the door, breaks through the door, knocks out the general, <laughs> throws him over his shoulder like a bag of potatoes. They get back in the boats and head back to friendly lines. <laughs> The best part of that story, though, is the fact that the general's aide-de-camp leaped from a window undressed and attempted to escape, <laughs> but was still taken <laughs> with the general. <laughs> and now uh, you're coming and with brought us. off in safety. No witnesses. <laughs> no witnesses. Don't care how naked you are. You're not a witnessing anything. <laughs> a large man blows through the door and grabs your... <laughs> Superior officer, and your reaction is to jump naked through the window. <laughs> uh, We're going streaking. <laughs> Go 
going streaking. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the British agreed to the uh, uh, to their terms and exchanged prisoners. They got their second in command back, and we got ours back because of Prince Sisson <laughs> and his incredibly hard head. His incredibly hard head. <laughs> <sighs> and willingness to tackle a naked man. <laughs> the final story I want to share absolutely dismantles 1619 Project from its foundation. This being that of Anthony Johnson. What? Anthony Johnson was a black man, but not just any black man. He was the first legal slave owner in the United States. Well, in the colonies. Because he argued to the courts that his indentured servant, who was also black, was too lazy and didn't pay off his debt. And he said, in order for him to pay off his debt, he needs to be mine forever. And the court said, okay, that makes sense. And thus slavery began. Now, where did Anthony Johnson come from, this black man? Well, 1619... Nobody sounds like a dick. 1619 Project uh, points towards Jamestown as being the origin for the uh, United States, which it is not. It is actually the Pilgrims up north where most of the founders get their wisdom from. You can find that in their own writings. As well as the things they believe, which were more aligned with the Pilgrims and not the founders of Jamestown. Anyway, that being said, in Jamestown in 1619, a British ship captured a Dutch slave ship, or no, a Portuguese, sorry, slave ship, and brought it to Jamestown. There were 19 slaves, I believe, on this ship, and the people of Jamestown said, you're not slaves, you're all indentured servants. And after a few years... All of them were granted freedom, and all of them were given land. And they, in turn, sponsored indentured servants. Now, indentured servant, for those that may not know, is someone that says, uh, at that time, it was, I want to get to this new land, but I don't have the money for it. Well, it costs $10,000. Yeah, I don't have $10,000. All right, well, if, if you come and work for me for seven years, you will be able to be, be free to do whatever you want. And I will, I will pay your way to get here if you work for me for seven years. After that, you can do whatever you want. That's what indentured servant was. Um, and still is in some parts of the world. Um, if Elon Musk decided it to be so and wanted to, you wanted to hop on board uh, the next flight to Mars and it costs $100,000, $200,000, a million dollars, whatever. It's all right. Rich people aren't going to Mars. Fodder is. <laughs> I mean, explorers <laughs> are. Right. If you make an agreement with Elon Musk, well, I don't have a million dollars, but I really want to go check out Mars. You're probably going to die. Yeah, but I, I really want to see it. Like, All right, well, if you live... Sign this waiver. <laughs> if you live... And I own you for seven years. Uh, you, what? What's? How much do you make right now? I make 80000 a year. Okay, well, if you work this many years, we'll count that towards the million dollars and you get to go to Mars. Okay. 
That that's basically what it is. Is an agreement like that. Um. Anyways, so these now free men from that ship, the started sponsoring uh, indentured servants. James uh, Anthony Johnson, sorry, was one of those who were sponsored. So he came here as a indentured servant, and then he in turn enslaves a black person because they were lazy. And this is what the 1619 Project is founded on. Hmm. That is your slice of history. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Took him by surprise. You did. How'd I do? Pretty good. <laughs> Did pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a ton more stuff. Uh, I didn't pull up a lot of stuff on the actual video end of it. I might, in editing, throw up some pictures or whatever. But I tried to put as many links to things as I could find in the links for this episode. So enjoy. And with that, check out our actual Slices of History episode I don't think I linked it on the last podcast. Now that I think about it, I don't think you did either. But we are now having that up for free, yep. so go check it out and tell us what you think. And the more traffic that gets, the more we'll want to do it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what Mike and I like to do is history stuff. Yeah, especially for me, especially when I can tie it to garbage that's going on today, like the UN. We didn't realize how much what we did before tied to what was going Holy on. Holy crap, Oh my yes. gosh, that hurt my soul. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so we recorded that back, when did we figure out? In uh, October? Uh, October. Mm-hmm. We recorded that in October. Well before the elections. And then the elections happened in November, and ouch. <laughs> as, as we're watching... Oof. As we're watching the elections live and seeing things that seem very questionable happen... And then we see all the lawsuits. And then we see Time Magazine. YouTube. Bravo. You magnificent bastard, I read your book! Yeah, Battle of Athens. Check it out because it might answer some questions, especially for those that doubt the whole deep state thing. Yeah. Um, It's hard to believe until you see it's actually been recorded in U.S. history. Mm -hmm. And people fought against it physically yeah so so there's that yeah so there's some buzzwords for uh youtube to try to ban us again yeah for sure <laughs> so i'll just slap the time magazine article up again and again it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> this is this fine. is our free pass yes. <laughs> this get out of youtube jail multi-pass <laughs> multi-pass <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah there's tons uh, tons this what i shared with you on this uh uh black history stuff doesn't even scratch the surface of our actual black history there's the first black the first elected black person was back in the uh 1700s oh the beginning of our country and it was praised in the papers because 
people thought it was great that someone was elected not because black or white, but because the content of their character. Huh. And they reelected him for 49 years. What? There's a story that should be made into a movie. <laughs> or you can read about the black guy that rode with Paul Revere that continued on after Paul Revere got captured by the British to warn Lexington and Concord. What? What? Huh? Hmm. You can read about the uh, uh, handful of black people that were among the wounded and dead at the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Side by side with white people that were... You know what happens when you destroy history? Uh, you repeat it? Yep. That's what happens. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, you are repeating it. <laughs> well, as usual, like, subscribe, leave us some comments, send us some hate mail. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Burn it. Whatever. <laughs> Burn a shirt. Wear it with as pride. As you pay for it. Who cares? <laughs> Don't care what happens after you pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> support in any way you can find to do so yes because we love it and we love you indeed random citizens we love you random citizen <laughs> uh so until next time bye bye up over here and i'll let you know when we can uh, do the thing well i'm already recording so i know I, i'm aware. just wait for i am you aware to tell it's me mostly so the music and the music it might music help if i was on the right uh, the eyes are open the mouth <laughs> if i was on the right soundboard <laughs> hold on let me scroll through here and see if i can find it ba -ba 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 -ba. all the way back okay we're ready Oh, you are prepared. I am prepared. Be prepared. No king, no king, la 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 la. Idiots, there will be a king. And, uh, uh, uh you know, you know the, the thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we are in sync. Good. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, I hate his face so much. I've never, I've never seen a man love the camera as much as this man. <clears throat> he probably French kisses one when he goes to bed each night. <laughs> With a mask on, of course. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Seriously, I... <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I sometimes I wonder if I do enough to make more money and then I see his face and realize I should make a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> We've only been right about everything he said the entire year before he said it. Right? But, you know, what do we know? We just look at the research. <sighs> What do we know? We're just two dudes in a basement reading news articles. <laughs> reading news articles and studies and all that stuff and making logical leaps. Doing that whole dangerous critical thinking thing.
not trusting Wikipedia. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna have to uh, to take that down a notch. Uh, we're making other people look bad. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I think we've got more listeners than the Oscars have viewers. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not hard. <laughs> hey. A bar is a bar. <laughs> a bar is a bar. It doesn't matter you how low the bar is. You set a goal somewhere. <laughs> well, and especially you if you one. take out the homeless people that they uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they had to remove to have the Oscars, <laughs> that they then just let stay there so that their viewership would go up. All right, play the music. 